You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Welcome to this week's edition of the Arab Bicycle Users Group Radio for Monday, the 31st of January 2022. We acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional owners of the land from which we transmit people-powered radio. Thank you to Democracy Now! for the previous hour of current affairs. My name's Chris. And uh, yeah, Arab Bicycle Users Group Radio, we're a program broadcasting weekly on 3CR Community Radio Naram, Melbourne about bicycles, cycling, bikes, urban transport, micro-mobility and all sorts of stuff. And on today's show, Steve and I are going to be discussing uh, bike-shaped objects and this is to do with an article that was recently published in Vice about mechanics asking major bicycle manufacturers to stop making and selling built-to-file bikes. And a little bit of news uh, should drop in if you ride on the Capital City uh, Trail. There's going to be drainage works happening about now until mid-2022 along Brunswick Street North between Holden Street and Park Street. So that may affect part of your route. And I can see if I can get some more information about that and some alternative route options for you. Up next, Steve and I talk about low-end bikes and the issues thereof, i.e. built to fail and also problems with a lot of this sort of stuff entering the waste stream. Melbourne Pride will be taking over Smith Street and Gertrude Street Precinct on Sunday the 13th of February between 11am and 9pm. This free event is a state government initiative delivered by festival partner Midsummer to celebrate the 40th anniversary of the decriminalisation of homosexuality in Victoria. The Fitzroy Precinct will be transformed into a huge street party with two music stages, activities, community stores and more. For more information, visit midsummer.org.au. Midsummer is a 3CR supporter. on Motherboard, which is the tech thing by Vice. Give us a little bit more overview of this, Steve. So this article is examining a push for a petition to places like Walmart, large retail suppliers, and major bike manufacturers to stop making and selling built-to-fail bikes, as they describe them. (laughs) 
Okay, and uh, we just want to do a couple of things to lay this out beforehand. This is an article to do with cheap mass-produced bikes for retail in America. Specifically retail in America, that's the context. And also the context is, you know, we have a lot of this sort of budget stuff in Australia. You would probably agree with me. We've seen this around since probably the late um, 80s. And the point of this um, thing we want to do today too, it's not trying to be pejorative towards what price point people come in. Bring the analogy that uh, I remember last year getting uh, very heavily criticised for using the term jar source. There's a really well-known young bloke who's uh, doing a power of work trying to get people to improve their food choices and how they cook and all the rest of it. And he's got a term called jar source. And I got told basically what people can afford is the best for them. What you can afford is the best for you financially. To put the analogy is the cheapest food you could possibly buy is not necessarily the best for you. You could live on the most budget calories and be nutritionally and um, you know, health, health-wise compl- completely destroyed by it. So uh, the analogy with a bicycle is that you could spend the cheapest amount of money buying the bike from the big box retailer, have it not not even not assembled properly in the first place, regardless of its quality and durability. The durability is the equation. With this article, the problem is with budget bikes is everything. They're literally built to fail. Now, the reason why I want to talk to you about this, Steve, is you've had experience from an Australian perspective of putting some of these things together. And the term in the US is the same as here. It's a bike-shaped object. And we're talking budget, lower end. And again, I really want to reiterate the fact that we're not being pejorative or having a go at people for what they can afford to buy. It's the quality which is on available in retail that people are expected to buy and an and, and example these these bikes in the US since the outbreak of COVID and there's been a push for, for more people riding some of these bikes have only got 90 hours activity time before failure kicks in from Australian perspective you you know you've said to me that you know one in five are okay to put together and the rest of it fit where it's touches can you just give it without naming any retailers brand or anything we're trying to remain neutral and to stick to the topic of things you've seen putting or being an assembler putting these sort of bikes together and again the other thing i want to bring in this article is more or less saying that there's been an express decrease recently so we're talking about your experience probably going back five ten years so it's an overview yeah, so my experience does date back um, probably six years uh, at least. And what I would say is bikes coming out of the carton in front of the assembler often are of poor quality finish and poor fit. So you're struggling to get the wheels to align correctly. You're struggling to get the brakes to align properly. You can often get it assembled and on the floor and the push by the the management without naming anything was to have it looking good on the floor so someone will come in and buy it. The problem was kicked down the road uh, further for whoever had to fix a flat, the the first mechanic to touch it after it left the shop, all of the problems would start emerging. 
So trying to get the wheel back in straight, trying to get it to roll properly. So the the alignment and and quality out of the factory was poor. The materials were of a standard where if you you know if it was a high humid environment or it or it ever got wet, the likelihood of it rusting was really high. So what you're buying is something that's not going to be durable and in, and in the, give you a you know a poor quality outcome in terms of its ride and its feel. So it would put a lot of people off once they'd actually bought it and experienced it. Three CR here to stay. In this article, Mackman has been a bicycle mechanic for 18 years and she's seen a fair share of crappy bikes. Is the program director of Bikes Together in Denver a non-profit which provides bicycles and re- repairs and education courses to the community? Lippman is not adopting the snooty tone of a high-end bicycle shop sneering at your 14-speed trick with mechanical brakes. Now, getting into that too, a lot of kids' bikes, where are they stored? They're chucked outside. You buy your, your kids a cheap bike, the, the kids ride it around and leave it outside, it gets rained on you throw it back in the shed it rusts kids don't don't play with it as much because it performs poorly and that perpetuates the cycle of wasting your money on stuff that's going to be future landfill yeah. um, from an adult point of view people might have the ex- poor experience of riding something that's low quality and give them a, a poor quality ride and ride experience and also not durable like why did my new bike have a problem and I have to go back to a shop or go to a different shop um, and why is this person at the shop telling me that they can't fix it or it's going to cost me a lot of money you know close to what I paid for it to fix it um, because they've bought poorly in the first place I think it's there's an education component to this well it's basically what can be produced and landed in Australia from again Australian perspective as cheaply as possible and we've had a few well, actually, quite a few things I could point out and go, look what you did here from uh, people or uh, organisations landing these things in the last 15, 10 years. And, you know, the, the, you know, the big problem with this is two, or, well, two problems I could point out. It puts people off and two, it fills up our waste streams at a point where people are thinking a lot more coherently and clearly about what resources and products they use and their disposal turn over time. And when it comes to bikes, it's um, pretty diabolical because I can, I've seen it from the other perspective of doing up old bikes. And there's plenty of places around Melbourne that uh, receive donations to do up bikes. And a lot of these things, you just can't touch them. They're being stripped out. The bottom bracket's stuffed. You can't align anything on them. The wheels, the wheel set's stuffed. The frame's stuffed. Having a small amount of experience at one of the not-for-profit bike supplying and or bike refurbishing establishments, you get things that look half shiny because they've they've had very little use donated. Unfortunately, the people receiving donations and or unskilled at trying to refurbish them start working on something that's a bike-shaped object and is very poor quality because it looks shinier than the 20-year-old higher quality bike that was donated that may still well be worn out but would have be a better prospect for um, refurbishment so you're starting with something that's got you know built-in alignment issues and and poor quality materials and it's been used to and oftentimes close to its lifespan of 
you know, they're saying in this article 90 hours, then I haven't tried a cheap, the cheapest bike in the world to try whether they do last more than 90 hours. But the trap for the charities is they're getting loaded up with all of these cheaper bikes that mightn't have had much use at all, but are very, very hard to make work. They were hard to make work for the person assembling them that, that would have had some skill. They're hard for the mechanics that first see them at the, at the bike shops they're presented with by the original owners, and then the original owners have usually given up on them and then donated them to a charity and either moved on, caught a train, or gone back to another mode of transport. This article really does unpack it, some good stuff in here. And again, it's an American perspective. It's in, you know, Vice. And the person who interviewed on this was from Denver. But there is a petition calling for further, for calling for creation of a minimum durability standard of 500 riding hours, designing bikes to be serviceable and to stop creating and selling bikes that are made to fall apart. And as of, you know, Wednesday, a fortnight ago, this petition had a thousand signatures. There's a link on Google Docs for this, and it's to bicycle manufacturers and major bicycle retailers. I'm a little unsure at this point where this is US-centric or international, and uh, the cutoff point, the delivery point and all that, because a lot of this material and these sort of components are not produced in America. So where would this be heading to? Be heading to the offices or the administration in America or be going to other parts where it goes further down the uh, distribution or manufacturing chain? That bit I am not sure about. I don't think it mentions it in the article. I don't know whether they're looking at something on the American equivalent of the ACCC of, of saying that if you want to bring things into the country, they have to be of a minimum durability standard, a minimum operating standard, or you're not allowed to call it a, a bicycle. It starts to be very tricky because anyone who's got the intention to get a supplier from the Near East to send a container load of of things over can do that by getting onto the you know e-commerce site and ordering them in the color and sizes you want it doesn't mean that the quality is going to be there but it doesn't mean that it's not it is a tricky thing and i don't know where these standards are set and or enforced Australia, I believe it is the ACCC and our consumer standards and i had had this pointed out to me with about this article that Australia does have better standards than the USA, I would say slightly better standards because there's a lot of stuff flowing around the retail space which is online, not actually in a big box. I don't know enough at this short period of time in the last like you know, little while, 18 months, have we seen even the quality kind of diminish even further. That's up to people at that pointy end or like mechanics and or people working with um, community spaces with you know refurbishment of bikes and the like. Hi, we're the Marindas, and you're listening to 3CR Community Radio 855 AM. There's a good point I want to bring up is in this article. The second point is that bikes, especially in urban areas, are a key tool in the fight against climate change and a more sustainable future. But everything about budget bikes is wasteful, Limon said. We need to stop mining these materials out of the ground 
ship them around the globe just to have them poorly constructed, sold in a big box store and thrown in a landfill in a few months time. And I can just see from a Facebook perspective of, you know, your groups giving away free material, you know, bits and pieces, you know, the good karmas, the hard waste things. You see these things pop up all the time. And you think that's nice for them to give away a bike, but some of them are beyond the skills of mechanics and anyone trying to get the things going. Yeah, it can be beyond the talents of a um, skilled mechanic to get something that's poorly made operating properly. If it's an unexperienced, unskilled mechanic that's trying to, to do it, the problem's compounded. As that article says, you know, the iron ore's dug up, shipped around, turned into metal. The um, factory that actually puts it together, you know, chooses lower quality, lower spec materials puts it together poorly, is it an exploited workforce that's actually doing it, and then when they're landing in, a, in front of the, the purchaser, they're not assembled very well anyway, so it's a poor experience, and then it's discarded. They could have saved their money and... Yeah, it's also the price point of trying to repair a bike that costs, you know, somewhere between uh, 200 to $500, and uh, the costs to get new components or new wheel set or a whole bunch of things outstrips the initial thing, and that, that's where it becomes um, designed to fail. Like, a lot of, you know, household items and disposable items, consumers are pushing back on. It's a great uh, summarisation of the entire article is, it's hard to say exactly what the change we want to happen is, Fisker said. The problem here is capitalism, not the bikes. Someone's trying to make money by bringing in cheap objects to sell and someone's making money manufacturing and selling cheap objects. The worker at one end's being probably paid very little to make it and the consumer is wasting their money by buying the the cheap item. I'll make a, a history note is that and from Australian perspective I remember if you go back if anyone can remember back in 1978 you could walk into a large retail establishment you could buy a, um, a then cheap road bike branded Roadmaster and they retailed for $199 and that was the cheap end of the bikes then for a road for what was something that looked like a road bike and if you bought them on special I remember a friend bought one marked down to 175 it was the same model it was just on special you can pick up the same roadmaster bike that's been hanging around in someone's shed if it's not totally worn out it hasn't been left in the rain and rusted you can clean that and take that for a ride today you could pull it apart and service it sure it was always low spec and gave you a low spec ride, but it was more durable than the cheapest stuff that's coming out now. And the only thing I don't know, and someone might be able to do the maths for me of, what does $200 in um, 1978 money actually buy you today in terms of inflation? Does that actually equate to a $600,000, $800,000 bike now? But that was what you could buy cheap back then, and they were still serviceable. So. 
it's an interesting reflection on the way the market's changed. The market's changed phenomenally because I can just um, to add to your history note, I had uh, older siblings who used to buy all their bicycle components, and I mean bicycle components from Kmart. You could buy things down to valve cores. And it wasn't just, you know, flashy lights and tassels. You could buy a phenomenal amount of stuff from that said uh, outlet. And now it's gone down to the price point as cheap as possible for a finished landed product. Again, we've only very lightly touched the subject top of a very, very big subject of consumable sort of stuff. Who was that bloke from The Chaser last year? Craig Rucastle and his whole... war on waste. Yep, this is, this is the same sort of thing. Fast fashion, you name it. They have a product priced to hit the market, be a disruptor, whatever. Well, is this... Are we talking about the fast fashion of bicycles and other objects? Mm. They, someone decides to sell something flashy on whatever, whether it's an online platform or they've rented a shop, and it's not designed to last. It's designed to be flash fashion, to be used like yeah. in fashion terms. People wear them once and bin them. They don't ever wash them, and if you ever wash them, they probably fall apart. Yep, and that's where we've got to think about you know the, the cycle of this sort of stuff and people who can afford these bikes are being screwed over. And I just don't think that is an appropriate thing for people on you know, low incomes, what they can afford, being uh, lumped with this crap. Okay, so from an Australian perspective, we'd like to hear from you. And also, with this uh, article, I'll put all the links in, including the petition. And there was a bit here, I think, uh, Aaron Gordon, who was the um, author, was interested in hearing yep here we are do you work in a field or industry plagued by unrepairable merchandise we'd love to hear from you email aaron gordon at aaron gordon that's double a r o n dot gordon at vice.com but also if you're out there and you're in the industry or you're in one of these community hubs or you know bike sheds there's quite a few of them out there and you've got a bit of a tale to tell about these things and unintended consequences and negative consequences we'd like to hear from you Steve and I just did. We mentioned what two hundred dollars or roughly thereof got you in terms of a bicycle in nineteen seventy eight or seventy nine. Now we've gone and uh, looked up the uh, Reserve Bank of Australia inflation calculator and see what that could have got you in today's sort of money. And the inflation calculator calculates the changing cost of purchasing a representative in uh, inverted commas basket of goods and services over a period of time. So, the calendar year of 1978, $200 within the calendar year of just gone 2021, got you $1,089.40. So, the total changing cost is is changing cost is 444.7% over 43 years at an average at an average annual inflation rate of 4%. So that's interesting to know that uh, what uh, you could have bought back then for a bicycle has, yeah, that's uh, food for thought. To enable change, we need to show broad community support. Show your support for walking and cycling in the city of Yarra by appearing as a champion on the Streets Alive website. 
representing your local street, neighbourhood or school. It's fast, free and simple. Learn more at streets-alive-yarra.org. A 3CR supporter. Well, you can't. 
this week's Yarra Bicycle User Group radio program should be podcast soon on 3cr.org.au forward slash podcast or go to yarrabug.org forward slash radio if you want to find additional details of what we discussed today. These podcasts are produced at Melbourne's activist radio station 3CR. Presenters are all volunteers and 3CR's existence depends upon the financial support of our listeners. Go to 3cr.org.au, click on the support tab and select either donate, subscribe, shop or fundraisers. Your subscription or donation keeps 3CR on air. CR would like to thank our Yarrabug program sponsor, Backrow's Second Chance Cycles, for their financial support. Second Chance Cycles is a fantastic community workshop that recycles bikes, trains people in bike mechanics and sells bikes to the local community. If you have a healthcare card, they'll give you a bike free of charge. To find out more, search for Vacrow online or drop into the underground car park, Harmsworth Street, Collingwood, any Thursday or Friday. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.